Once upon a time, there was a lonely kind of a guy who had resigned himself to the fact that love was blind. Now, if love is blind, he thought to himself, how will it find me? It honestly seems such a crime. For how many times has love knocked on the door when it should have been knocking on mine? And so one day, he went off in search of the aloof creature. He soon happened upon the cute and fuzzy bunny gang. Perhaps they could help him. Uh, pardon me, cute and fuzzy bunny. I'm Ryan. He said. <laughs> I'm Logan. And I'm Spencer. And I watch about, I've watched about 4,062 movies, about like how I estimated there, guys. 4,062 movies in my life. Um, like there's but not it, a public record. <laughs> there is. Follow me on Letterboxd. Uh, let me do my intro. Okay, so I've watched about 4,062 movies in my life. Um, but Ryan and Logan, my friends, found out there's a lot of classics from the 80s and 90s. And I put classics in quotes, like just movies from their childhood and from the youth that I missed uh, in lieu of watching pretentious uh, shit. I put that in quotation marks as well. Um, they got really mad at me and put together a list and said, here are the movies he's going to watch. Every week, I watch a movie that they have chosen. Um, I don't know what the next movie's going to be until the end of an episode. That's called a hook. Listen to this whole episode and you'll see what the next one's about. Um, but at the very end, if I want to, I have five times in this year or season of this podcast where I can veto and say, no, I'm not watching your 80s schlock. I'm going to make you watch a French movie from 1932 and then enjoy it and so i haven't done a veto yet i've got five remaining this week's episode is about the quote-unquote classic one crazy summer starring john cusack why about why to watch this movie guys <laughs> so i i after re-watching it for the first time in at least well over a decade i have absolutely no defense of my love of this movie it is absolute shit but i love the hell out of this movie all right, Ryan. Why to watch this movie? Sorry, Ryan my left. my daughter my daughter is being ridiculous. Um, why why did you watch this movie, or why do I like this movie? I'm sorry, I missed the question. <laughs> I think they're both the same. <laughs> um, well, it's I think as far as '80s comedies go, uh, and this is kind of a how I feel about it right now. Um, it's hard to find one of those great ones that's family friendly if if you know what i mean and not a, sure. meant for mostly adults or teen, teenage or 20 year old humor porkies or yeah um and it's hard to find an 80s yeah. classic that that really isn't aimed towards an older crowd and you can sit down i can sit down with my kids right now and watch this and they might think it looks stupid but the, by the end of the movie they'll be laughing and they'll thought it was a cute funny family yeah. comedy so this movie came out in 86 um and another movie that i really really love from this time period came out one year before it called summer rental the john candy movie do you guys know this one yes so i watch summer rental once a year like i think i have my entire life there have been summers though where i watched like every time it was on tbs even if it came on at like 12 30 at night i watched the whole thing i love summer rental um and this feels like airplane, like the airplane version of summer rental. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. So because of that, I actually enjoyed it. Surprise. That is, that's a shocker. The whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, the first thing Spencer's going to say is, why didn't I use my veto? Cause this movie is bullshit. 
<laughs> Nothing makes any sense. The plot is so paper thin that, like, if you think about it for more than five seconds, like, they're going to throw a concert to raise enough money to buy a house? Like, no. <laughs> like, even oh, in Nantucket, no less. Like, yeah, in Nant- yeah. <laughs> oh, Nantucket. You're not going to, you're not going to raise that. You're not going to get a bunch of Richies to come out and spend money to buy a house. You know, I mean, even Especially in the 80s, it had to, to be that music. Oh, even my in the God. 80s, it had to be, you know, a hundred thousand dollar house. If it was housing old people, I mean, that had to be a big house. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, do, yeah. so I, I, I know I rewatched it, but where does it explicitly say that the house is being used to house elderly people? She said, Demi Moore says that at some point in time. Okay. Cause I remember it being her grandfather's house and I was watching it and I was like, at some point she's like, all those people are going to be without a home. And I was like, I thought just her grandfather was there. I just missed like a, for 30 years, I've missed a whole segment of the, the plot of this film. But I don't think it's a whole segment. It might be a whole sentence, but that's probably about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't recall any of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those like moot points, you know, mute points. <laughs> mute. <laughs> yeah, it's never really said. But, well, I mean, obviously, because you didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go. I I, I do think this movie has everything every other '80s comedy has, except like Ryan said, like. It there's no, you know, half naked women. There's not a ton of swearing. I mean, there there's, is, but it's not focused on. No, I, mean, I mean, topless women. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah, not well, a yeah. nude scene in the movie. Right? No. No. Yeah. Unless I missed something there too. I mean, no, there's, there's fart jokes in the movie. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't know. It's just so. It's it's like one of those. It's quaint. And it's like, ah, eh, you know, it's it's kind of harmless. And like, it, I wish the plot was better, though. The whole time I was just like, this is so stupid. <laughs> no, the, but I think that's kind of the point. I think the only problem is how dated it feels. And it doesn't, like, the humor's not strong enough to, like, like Airplane is still funny today. Um, and the humor's not timeless enough or good enough to kind of get past how dated it feels. Um, and so, like, I didn't laugh like a ton, but I thought, this is stupid, but it's like silly and they're make they're going for it and they're doing stupid jokes and nothing really matters. And it's just kind of, it's like an SNL movie in a way. Um, and it's just, uh, so, very it's just much. Dated. <laughs> the, the, the Godzilla thing is still maybe one of my favorite, like off the wall, like what the fuck were they thinking kind of moments in any movie. Mm-hmm. And, I, for me, it's I watched that scene and think they went and got Bobcat just because they had that scene in the movie. Because I mean, that seems possible. to be like his main focus of being in the movie. Yeah, we're going to put him in a Godzilla suit and he's going to stomp all over a small town in front of a bunch of Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love him and his brother, though. Like, I, I just I love those characters. I love it when he loses his shit. And cuts the dude's car in half. Although there's no budget, so we didn't actually get to see that. 
No, it's uh, sorry, I got distracted. I can hear my kid running upstairs, but Katie's got him. Um, no, it's it, it reminded me the the Godzilla scene. I feel like Edgar Wright one day watched this movie and really enjoyed it and threw back to that in his hot fuzz joke, like it, it, where they run through this town in hot fuzz. Like, I feel like this is like a direct ancestor, or that is uh, or this is an ancestor of that movie's fight scene. Um. I haven't but it's seen a, Hot Fuzz, but now I definitely oh God, need to watch it. Yeah, you Hot Fuzz, man. <laughs> yeah, you'd enjoy it. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah, no, it's it's it's. I don't know. I just found it's I, the only hard part about this movie is I don't know what I can bring to the table to really dig into it on on anything. It's silly. John Cusack is doing his John Cusack thing, but it's not like the best version or the worst version. I think the best version of this kind of John Cusack for me is Better Off Dead. Like that's more like that's my favorite of these yes. kind of weird John Cusack Directed roles. by the same person. Yeah, that, that's going to make me clap my hands and go, you don't have anything to bring to the table. But I have some decent questions to bring. Do it. Siskel and Ebert gave Better Off Dead a bad review, but not this film. Really? Explain that to me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to jump in here and say I side with Cisco and Ebert. I don't think Better Off Dead is a bad movie. I think it's fine, but I, I actually like this movie infinitely more than Better Off Dead. Infinitely is a lot. Why so much more? I don't know. I, I Like I said at the beginning, I have no reason to love this movie as much as I do. But for whatever reason, I don't know, Better Off Dead does not connect with me at all. So the characters are easier for you to identify with. Yeah, I guess. I, that, that's does a good does it just make it. you laugh more? Um, no. I mean, because I really, except for the Godzilla scene, I really didn't laugh. I, I mean, I've well, seen Well, you this do laugh, but not like you did when you were a kid. Right. It's not, it's because you know I, all the jokes, they're stale. I, mean, I, I think Ryan's right, though. I think I do. I, I mean, I, I am all of these people. <laughs> so, except for Demi Moore. I'm not her. So No one is. I've seen you play rock band. You are Demi Moore. Except with the <laughs> singing part. <laughs> rock band doesn't count. Although the drums, I do play pro drums. So, um, <laughs> Oh, I thought that's what she still, did up there. They were playing rock band to raise money to raise the house. I mean, I they mean, might as well have been. <laughs> I played some rock band when I got home from work, and all the songs I played were better than anything that is in this movie. So, so okay. So, is this another one you guys watched a ton when you were young? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. We had to watch I it. Probably, I probably didn't see Better Off Dead until I was in my twenties. Yeah. And I saw this part. movie probably. 30 plus times between the time I was like eight and the time I was probably 15. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah, for me, like thinking about that, it's just it's totally a this makes sense as to why or that makes sense as to why this movie has that kind of hold on you guys. Because I saw Better Off Dead when I was early teens, um, maybe late, like maybe like 11 or 12, somewhere in well, there. It's about the same time that I saw it, considering and that's kind of like the resurgence of Better Off Dead is about when we're talking about my yeah. early 20s and your teens. I think and it hit DVD or kinda, something. It, that's kind of when, yeah, that's kind of when Better Off Dead kind of shot up into this like 
I don't want to say cult classic, but maybe like no, underground. It's definite, no, it's definitely a cult classic. Uh, yeah, I the, think that's about right. Made, it, it made nothing. Of course, this movie made nothing either. I kind of feel bad for this dude. Well, A, he goes by like the handle of Savage, Savage Steve, Steve Holland or something yeah. like that. Yeah, oh, dude. We know <laughs> your name. more 80s Savage. than that. Yeah. Um, so change your name. But honestly, I, I think had those two films been bigger successes, he would have a career, maybe just a career doing like these kind of schlocky movies. But I mean, he still had a career, but not the one that, you know, you think the guy that better off dead would have. So talking about him, um, he's an animator. Um, I mean, obviously based on the better off dead and, this the animations are actually spot on like in the same universe but uh he's an animator and do you know guys know who played the uncle that blew up the radio station uh no no his name is bruce wagner okay um he he did a a, a comic book or i guess it might have been a graphic novel or something that was turned into a mini series in like the nineties, I think. But it's anyway, it was called Wild Palms. Okay. Uh, Do you I know, know Logan? Spencer, I know of it. I don't. I've never read it. Yeah, I figured Spencer probably didn't know what it was, but I know. I know the mini series. Um, and uh, let me look up Wild Palms and t- I'm, I should have had it pulled up. And tell y'all who's in it. But I remember the miniseries. When I tell... I know Belushi's in it. No, Jim Belushi's in it. Um, I didn't know that... that, that Logan, was... you gotta remember this. Uh, Jim Belushi, yeah. Dana Delaney, Robert Loggia, Kim Kim Cattrall, Angie Dickinson, Ernie Hudson, B.B. Newworth, Nick Mancuso, um, and that's about the end of people I know. Brad Dourif's in it. That's a hell of an <laughs> 80s cast. Yeah. But uh, it. I wonder if these guys knew each other. Anyway, brings me to the to my point. I wonder if these guys knew each other on some kind of like animation, you know, drawing level versus comic book writer level. Because this, the dude that played Uncle Frank, wrote the comic book that Wild Palms is based on. So I wonder if that's how he wound up in the movie. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because what I kept thinking watching this is how much it felt like the Apatow crew, like the the camaraderie between like the Judd Apatow movie people these days. And it's just a whole different set of people in a different time. And they just didn't figure out how to get the zeitgeist, the money like Apatow did. Um, but it feels like they're all like they work together. They've seen each other at the comedy clubs. They've seen each other sketch comedy. And I can even I would even add on to that from what you're saying, probably their artwork. Uh, and I, it just feels like these are folks who got together to make a thing and they were all in the same wavelength because this is a very particular kind of comedy. And I think everyone except for maybe Demi Moore knew what they were doing. Like they, they were in on the same wavelength with this. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. Um, and I, and that, I think, that'll lead me into. Go ahead, go ahead. 
I think the only I will say just to, to with B with BB uh, with Demi Moore. I think the only thing with her is it's very hard to tell if she is because she doesn't play the comedic stuff the same way. Like it's not her role, so it's hard to tell if she was on that same wavelength. So I don't really know. But so I'm not saying she was bad. I didn't think she was bad in the movie. She just didn't have to do the same stuff like everybody else. Uh, actually, I think that role could have been played by any like half decent actress in the '80s that looked like the rock star part. Right. Um, I don't think she brought anything to the movie at all. <laughs> For sure. Um, but, uh, crap. Now I forgot what you said. Um, they, they all knew each other and they all sort of probably hung out and that sort of thing. Oh, John Cusack obviously had previously worked with the director on better off dead. John Cusack didn't exactly get along with this dude when they did this movie. Yeah, but it really doesn't come across. I didn't think it did. No, I, I didn't feel like there was any sort of disconnect. He's sort of he's such an odd actor to begin with that it's like it's hard to tell if he's really not connected because he's so disaffected all the time. Yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah, it's probably a strength for his career. So if he doesn't like a project, then you can't really tell too often that he doesn't like it. What's your guys' favorite John Cusack role? Side note. One crazy It's hard summer. not to say gross <laughs> point blank. <laughs> I think gross point blank is actually mine too. I saw gross point blank at that time. You see those certain movies at that right time in your life. Yeah. And that it that when I saw that movie, it was just like that right time to see that movie in my life. So and I just we, completely fell in love with it. <laughs> can we clarify John Cusack movie versus movie John Cusack is in? It's a bit dumb. Um, no, it's just yeah, the, he means like Con Air, ver, Con Air versus Better Off Dead, or I guess I mean I guess I mean anything. I guess what I mean, yeah, John Cusack role, like performance. What's your favorite performance? So not necessarily the whole movie. Oh, I still say with Gross Point Blank. Uh, I mean, I love Connor. <laughs> um, yeah, but is, but is, is, is his role in that your favorite John Cusack role? Probably not. I don't, that's tough. Because, like, I don't, like, I like High Fidelity, but I don't particularly like John Cusack in High Fidelity. Well, see, yeah. that's he's the star. <laughs> um, that's kind of where I fall in love with Gross Point Blank, is because of High Fidelity. Because it's almost like the same type of character, except he kills people. <laughs> Make sure this. This is my recasting of the version of High Fidelity that we got, which I wish was a slightly different version. But of that version, I wish instead it had been Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. If they're going to go that route, the old white dude route, and sort of the sad sack and slightly sexist route, like I just think that I would have loved to see Nicolas Cage bite into that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I can agree with that. That, that <clears throat> amazing. Sorry, I, I mean it sounds stupid, but I, I I would still probably go with this movie. No, that's fine. Something stupid. I'm just asking. Um, okay, so what's your least favorite John Cusack performance? Do you guys have one of those? <sighs> that's, You're gonna make me so, IMDb John Cusack. There's so many. He I hasn't my- done anything that's like worth a damn since. Maybe Hot Tub Time Machine, and that's not even good. I would have said for the longest time, Runaway Jury. 
but I just in the last year saw my least favorite John Cusack performance. It's in a movie called The Paperboy with Nicole Kidman. Have <laughs> yeah, you guys seen I heard this movie? It's terrible. No. It is wild with a capital W, and he is crazy town. And I hate like also in this role, Nicholas Cage should have played this guy. <laughs> Because he could have gone crazy in the right way, but Cusack goes crazy in a way that I'm just like, I, I don't think I want to see John Cusack in anything anymore as an adult. I don't mind kid John Cusack. They look so Actually, different. Actually, I forgot about Identity. I really did enjoy that movie. I saw it only once in the theater, and I liked it then, but I have very small recollections of it. Uh, let's see. Least favorite... See, now you got me reevaluating my favorite. Have you ever seen Cradle Will Rock? Nope. Uh, he plays Nelson Rockefeller in that movie. It's pretty good. Um, and Pushing Ten, if you've never seen that, you need to watch it. I've seen Pushing it's Ten. A, yeah, it's okay. I don't love it. I loved Pushing Ten. Uh, I liked it when I watched it, but again, I haven't seen it in forever. I, also I forgot. It. I honestly Broadway. forgot about Love and Mercy. I thought Love and Mercy was pretty good. You know, he was very good in that. That was a good film. Uh, Underrated, I thought. Yeah. Especially for a rock biopic, it was it was different than. Dang, I love the Grifters. Jesus. <laughs> you do out. like a lot of John Cusack movies, man. Um, um, he's done a few uh, movies. The Journey of Natty Gann. Uh, that's my least favorite John Cusack role. <laughs> there you go. It was like fourteen, wasn't it? I he? know, and it was a Disney TV movie. <laughs> so there you go. That qualifies. Yeah. Look, uh, Grandview USA, I don't know if y'all have ever seen that, but oh my god, it's C. Thomas Howell, Patrick Swayze, Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis. That's got to be young Jamie Lee Curtis, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Old Jamie Lee Curtis is still pretty hot. <laughs> so, yeah. Really young Jennifer Jason Lee. I, I, can somebody, uh, I don't want to turn this into what I'm about to turn it into. I don't get Jennifer Jason Lee. Well, some is... of her stuff I really love. Some of it I'm just like, that's terrible. <laughs> She's I don't know, I've seen her in a couple of recent roles that I like her, but I've seen her in a few things from back in the day that I'm kind of like, I don't get how she's still around to have a chance to do some of the things she's doing now. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So let's uh, see, but because like the it last also diminished Jamie Lee Curtis to just her looks. She's a phenomenal actress, but uh, Midnight in the Garden. I forgot about that one too. But that's got Kevin Spacey oh. in it, so we can't like that movie. You like that movie? I did. Uh, I I think I watched twenty minutes of it. And I was like, I can't do this. The, the accents in, in this movie are just atrocious. I think it's like I thought it was a good movie. Oh. Clint Eastwood directed it. Um, I don't yeah. know how early on in his directorial career it's it was. Not very early. He's been directing movies since the seventies. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, he's got a pretty big list. Uh, I want to go back to the Demi Moore thing. <laughs> you were talking about how it's like she she doesn't really belong in this. Yeah. So um, she was pretty high during the filming of most of Saint Elmo's Fire on drugs. Like, yeah, that, that character <laughs> in the movie is pretty much Demi Moore. <laughs> so you'd have thought the movie was an intervention for her, um, and it didn't work. 
uh, she was pretty untouchable for a really long time for most studios, like in big, big productions, mm-hmm. because she was a train wreck. And I think that's how she wound up in this movie. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, or she was so high when somebody said, read this script, you want to do <laughs> this like, movie? Yeah, she was I'll like, oh, yeah, this sounds great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, wh- just... I'm going to take a time out and amend my statement. My favorite John Cusack movie of all time is Serendipity. I don't know how Logan didn't even go. What I thought it was Serendipity. That's my favorite John Cusack movie of all time. Because I know you like the other movies. I don't get why you like Serendipity's fine. I don't get why you love it as much as you do, though. Because he's a romantic. I, I just, More than me. Same reason I love You've Got Mail and... Must love dogs and uh, isn't he in uh, Must what, Love Dogs too? Yes, he's in Must Love Dogs. Um, yeah. What's the other one? You've got mail. Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, I I don't know. I was a sucker for all those like '90s rom coms and somewhat into the early 2000s. So yeah, if you look at Demi Moore's career after One Crazy Summer. Wisdom, The Seventh Sign, an episode of Moonlighting, We're No Angels, which is an underrated film, uh, an episode of Tales from the Crypt. That's all she does for like six years. And then she's in Ghost. And then that's when she becomes, holy shit, it's Demi Moore. So, because then you have Ghost, uh, Indecent Proposal, Disclosure, uh, all the crap that comes after that. So. Huh. I had so no idea. So Spencer, I, I really need to know the thoughts on the, cause I know you dreaded the Bobcat performance coming into this movie. No, right. I didn't. I thought oh, it was I didn't. So you were just Bobcat. playing, playing on it. No, no he likes Bobcat, but not the person. Not this Bobcat. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No. It's. I would. I didn't dread the performance. I. I don't know what I said last time. I probably played it up because of because of the fact that it was going to be. I could tell right. what this movie was going to be. <laughs> um. But no. I mean, it was fine. It's. It's. It's too much for me. It's not my thing at all. I like Bobcat as a creator. Um. I think he's very smart. And I think he knew what to do for his career. By like, he created this character. To me. To me, what Bobcat back then and then is or was is like Aziz's character, Randy, that's really obnoxious and crazy, but except instead of it being the side character, he always played Randy. And that's, and I'm kind of like, Randy's fine in small doses. I think his name was Randy. Um, But that's fine in small doses, but I don't mind it also not being like that. And I, I love the idea of an alternate universe where Bobcat got to be something else as well. Um, And, but this thing he does kind of like, for 30 seconds, I'm like, whoa, this is wild. And then I'm like, it's got to stop. So, but I, I didn't hate it. It's just sort of like, eh, okay, I know what he's doing. I'm aware of the thing. I cannot imagine showing this to anyone today out of context. <laughs> They're like, why is that guy <laughs> like that? Well, I mean, um, I, even, even Katie is aware of him, but it was sort of, she was only halfway watching with me and was sort of like, what's he doing? You know? And then I was like, do you remember meeting him? Because she got to meet him a few years back, you know, um, and I take his picture and stuff for the film festival. And so she was like, oh, yeah, he's so nice. And I'm like, he is very nice. 
but this version of him is very loud. And that's about all I got yeah, the, for it. The show I watched that he did this past year, um, what is something in Monsters? I always want to say Gods and Monsters. But um, Gods and Monsters is a movie about something completely different. Yeah, I know. Um, that's like, never mind. I'm going to yep. not. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that. We're all distracted Bob, by Gods the, and Monsters. <laughs> the Bobcat show. Um, that's when I really learned how good of a creator he was. I, I've, I had never watched God Bless America. But immediately after watching that first season of his show, I, I I sought out God Bless America. I still haven't watched it, but I have it just in case I, you know, when I get ready to watch it. It's have actually my least seen... favorite of the more recent ones that he's made. I, no, I have seen Shakes the Clown. Um, that was early on in his, you know, oh, post yeah. persona. But I did love Shakes the Clown also. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, not probably not great, but underrated. Uh, you should see World's Greatest Dad. I agree. Oh, actually, I d- I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, that's a Bobcat movie. Have you guys seen Sleeping Dogs Lie? No, you told me about it. Oh, what a premise! <laughs> that's um. So, do you guys know what it is? Yeah, I've listened to a few podcasts about it. I don't know if I can watch it, but okay. Well, I won't go any further. <laughs> it's a t- it, Ryan. At some point, you should look at the summary for Sleeping Dogs. Dogs lie. I, I mean, I just pulled it up. You don't. Don't we? Don't, we're not gonna. We're not gonna talk about it here, though. Okay. <laughs> it's challenging. Um, but no, I agree about World's Greatest Dad and his um, documentary, Call Me Lucky. That was what actually Kennedy met him for because uh, he was at the Chattanooga Film Festival about it. And that was a... That's a tough watch, too. Very tough watch, but I think a very... um, I think it proves how emotionally intelligent he is because of all the subjects he he talks about. He very much... He almost makes films that have a tone of, like, the voice of his Bobcat character from the 80s and 90s. Does that make sense? Like, they're all ramped up and intense and in-your-face and loud and kind of crazy. Um, But... Uh, but that seems to be with intention, even with things like World's Greatest Dad and God Bless America and Sleeping Dogs Lie. But Call Me Lucky is like him saying, I know when that is required and not required, and I have complete control over that. And that's what I like about Bobcat is it's like proof positive in his art that he knows what he's doing. And uh, whether or not he should have done it as long in the 80s and 90s, I feel like really falls down to sort of like the trappings of being an actor. You get stuck in a typecast and in a way. And I can well, imagine... Sorry. No, no, I, I can just imagine him showing up to a movie one day, not planning to be all yelly, and then the director going, what are you doing? What are you, yell some more, scream some more, you know? Yeah, that's part of the, the 80s, 90s kind of tropes of comedy. Um, that especially the eighties, a lot of people got stuck in, in the eighties was, you know, once they found out you're not really this character, I'm sure it was really hard to, um, to get a role. Uh, the first thing I ever really remember seeing Bobcat in not doing Bobcat was Scrooge. And he wasn't doing the, you know, crazy police Academy role. Because mm-hmm. I didn't see stand up when I was a kid, not Bobcat stand up. 
Um, so I always knew him from Police Academy. And to me, One Crazy Summer was just an extension of his character from Police Academy. Um, so, yeah, I can imagine a lot of comedians in the mid-80s to early 90s got stuck in those tropes where they found something that worked for them on stage and then somebody wanted to create something out of that and then they just get typecast as that character i mean it's funny like jeremy piven's playing in this movie the same guy he plays in like 15 other movies <laughs> that is oh well, yeah we didn't even talk about jeremy piven this is in his little shorty shorts <laughs> yeah one of if not his earliest on screen it's his first time appearing with John Cusack, and they were buddies before this was ever even made. Yeah, they go. He like, actually went out for the role of uh, the buddy there, uh, Bill Murray's brother. Uh, this is actually his first movie. So, wait. Yeah. Wait, the f- holy crap, that's Bill Murray's brother? Yeah, Joel yeah, Murray. Joel yeah. Murray. Holy shit. So, you know, he plays... Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. You guys know me and Bill Murray. Holy shit. So, this guy, he plays a character on the show Mad Men called Freddie Rumson. He's a huge part of the show. I've... I've, I had no idea. You just blew my freaking mind. That's Bill Murray's brother. Yeah, he's been in a ton of Bill Murray's movies. Um, But I never caught... Oh, my God. Um, okay. He, yeah, I'll get over it in a minute. Really Go ahead. Sorry. Spoken about being Bill Murray's brother. Um, he kind of plays I, it undercover because he always wanted to be his own thing, you know. Which, and not that this movie proves it, but he's clearly good. How is his career not not? I'm not talking about Bill Murray level, but how is his career not bigger? Like it's only really kind of recent. Oh, he's oh, a yeah, good. He's a, He's a good, you know, like Abbott to the Costello or vice versa, you know. Um, I, I, John Cusack doesn't work in this movie without him. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So, but like he had, um, he had a, a role on God, what was the name of that show with uh, Annie Potts and. Uh, that dude that played Carla's husband on Cheers, um, Love and War. He oh, was. On I that. loved. Oh God, I loved that show. <clears throat> he was on that for the three or four years it was on, and then he was on. Uh, there's more of those mid '90s rom coms. <laughs> and he was on. Uh, uh, damn it! What's the name of that show? Now I'm having to look stuff up. Uh, Still Standing, which is a a great, like, underrated kind of family sitcom. It's the one that had Jamie Gertz and Mark Addy in it. Yeah, he he was in Bobcat's show this. uh, It's called Misfits and Monsters, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, they've been friends, like, since 1986. He's shown up in a lot of Bobcat stuff, too. He's in Scrooged. Mostly because yeah. he's Bill Murray's brother, but right. Bobcat's also in Scrooged, you know. So it was, it, you know, he's in Shakes the Clown. Spencer's mind he's is still blown. <laughs> I'm literally texting Kate. This is here's my text thread. So I know y'all were talking, and I was halfway paying attention. I apologize, but I just we we love Mad Men. So 
very very brief story when we got married we had a very very short honeymoon but we came home and had the week off and what we ended up doing was basically binge watching all of Mad Men because she knew it was my favorite show at that time so she could catch up with the new season that was going to start in a few weeks after we got married so we watched all of Mad Men she became obsessed Mad Men's a huge part of our marriage so I just wrote her and I went want to learn want to know a wild Mad Men fact I just learned and she goes yep I was just about to turn it on no lie. Um, so I went, Freddie Rumson, that's the character's name, is a bunch of dots, you know, dramatic effect, all caps, Bill Murray's freaking brother. But before I could send that, she wrote back, gay. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote back what? I'm sorry, I missed that. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I laughed at that, and she was like, no way. And I was like, yeah. And she said, stop it. And I said, Joel Murray. And I said, Ryan and Logan are blown away that I didn't know. So then she goes, so he was definitely the less popular, less attractive, less charismatic brother, huh? <laughs> I said, and I laughed and said, yeah. And she said, bless his heart. And then she said, that must be awful living as Bill Murray's brother. Now it's dark. And then she goes, I mean, the resentment at the, and the awkwardness at the holidays. And then she goes, Bill has his own holiday special. <laughs> This is why she's my wife, because <laughs> she gets it. She gets so, it. Not to make it about Scrooge, but all of his brothers are in Scrooge. Uh, Brian Dole Murray plays his dad. Yeah, he's um, actually the less attractive one. But definitely not the less popular one. Because Brian the less, uh, is what did you say, enigmatic? Yeah, he's charismatic. Yeah, he... Brian Dole Murray's probably the most charismatic of all the brothers. <laughs> I think he's been in more shit than Bill Murray has. Um, but uh, and then they have another younger brother, John. I think is the youngest who plays Bill Murray's actual brother. I think at one point I said it was Joel, but it's actually John that plays the brother in Scrooge, the SS Minnow James. Do you think when they call to schedule Thanksgiving, they have to leave a voicemail on that random answer machine he has and hope the agents <laughs> call him back? Um, Sorry, oh deep cut Bill Murray, Bill Murray joke. So I don't know if you can find the episodes, but and I may have mentioned this at some point, but there was a show on Comedy Central that featured Bill Murray, Brian Doyle Murray, and Joel Murray. I don't know if John was on there. Um, just playing golf. Like that was the whole show. Yeah. And I've I would love to have those episodes. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch. I, I, I could imagine it being, 20 times. I couldn't imagine being around the at least the three of them. Uh John, I don't think he's done much. But uh, Can you imagine the inside jokes where you're just, they're laughing and you're laughing? Yeah, there's like I you have don't no idea know what, what they're, they're laughing about. about. <laughs> What if they're just, like, not funny together? <laughs> they're all, that, like, dead serious. Like, that's the joke, is that they don't joke. <laughs> they're just like, our childhood was kind of awful. Brian was a dick. <laughs> Good lord, Brian Joel Murray was in a lot of things. You were not wrong. No, yeah, he's, yeah. Well, he does a lot of TV work, too, so, um, in fact, I've he seen is, a lot of things he's been in. He is, was it Yes, Dear? He was in, he played the, the, the dude's boss on Yes Dear. Yeah. He was like one of the only reasons to watch that show. I don't know. That I liked uh I liked oh, he's got that kind of loud him. voice. He yells yeah. a lot. 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's Clark's boss in Christmas Vacation. Yeah, he's got know. that gruffy, grumpy voice. He's like the old. <laughs> get, he's like the old white guy, you know, like get, get off my lawn. Give me somebody while I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, the gruffy. Yeah, you got the gruffy. Yeah. Uh, Say gruffy uh, again. Grumpy. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah. I'm just so blown away. I don't I'm understand sorry. how I just hope he's my not been waylaid by this. No, I don't. I just don't. I've never understood why he wasn't a bigger star. Why he wasn't a star. I mean, and if you look at his career in most things, he's a guy that doesn't even have a, a name. You know, he's just we not, you know, shows sometimes up. Sometimes that's by choice. I mean, you know, uh, uh, me and Spencer were talking about, or Spencer and I were t- talking about um, before we started. Uh, about the Kevin Costner being picky and choosy about his roles. I mean, for all you know, maybe he was the same way. Yeah. Or maybe he just made a living. Some people are working actors, and all they want to do is make their living. That's what it's about, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There you go, Spencer. That's what I'm talking about. He just needed to make enough to make enough. I think Sam Jackson is a version of that, but he skyrocketed so hard in the 90s that he can work so much. But he's just – you hear him talk about the fact that it's like – someone said you don't make movies of the same quality or something like that, basically referencing the quality of his movies. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I work. I make like seven movies a year. I, I work all the time because that's my job. And I really like that mentality. And I and I, but I think that that's some people know what what kind of income they want. They play a certain type, and they they just do their job. Come in, do their job for a few months, and go home, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. That that the play a that's certain type. That's that's directly related to the Kevin Costner thing I just said. Yeah, he knows what type he can play on screen. And pull I mean, it off greatly. He, anytime he goes against that, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it, yeah, and he knows. So he picks and chooses. And he's very particular. Even, you know, uh, y'all saw what I texted you about uh, um, Mad Max on the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about what they were calling it. Fish tar. Yeah, fish tar. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> mm. Well, it's. I mean, it's. I, I love that you didn't hate this movie. <laughs> no, it's it's very much a. Um, the, to me, this is sort of. It's just like a little time capsule. I, I wish. Yeah, the it jokes is the eighties summed up. Yeah. I wish some of the jokes had been. I don't even know what to call them, but on the. I'm just going to say on par with airplane because I feel like this could have been like. Literally, like not literally, but I feel like this could have been airplane for the '80s summer movie, and it was kind of going for that kind of thing. It just didn't quite land it because it is sort of a mile a minute jokes, but it slows down just enough to act like it's trying to be have some character stuff that it just messes it all up. But I mean, because it's the same thing as summer rental. It's just if it had gone more into the craziness and the zaniness of it, more Godzilla, more, more. Fat dude sitting on top of what I now know to be Bill Murray's brother's head, and and like stuff like I, I just feel like there was, I think more little jokes about hoops not being able to catch hoops or make hoops. God, I'm I'm terrible. I don't watch basketball. Um, like I feel like that that things like that. I think 
it could have made it more airplane-y, but airplane is such a work of comedic genius. How can you ask another movie to be that? But I feel like that's what it was missing, is some sort of timelessness to the humor. And because it's not timeless, it's just kind of like, it's a little time capsule. So I, I enjoyed myself. I didn't laugh a ton, but I was kind of like, oh, there's so-and-so doing that, and there's so-and-so doing that. And, and oh, that's pretty funny what they were going for, not making me laugh, but objectively, I get it. That's funny. Yeah, right. The it, it, foam, it the, the dolphin rabies. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great, and and the reference to piranha with the what are they crabs? And yeah, the swim. I mean, that's a no, direct lobster, reference. Lobsters. Yeah, wow. lobsters. Uh, the that's a direct reference to the '80s piranha movie, where uh, I think the piranhas bust into the swimming, the water yeah. pipes, and yeah. get into somebody swimming before. Yeah, just, but, uh, I mean, it's a good, safe 80s summer family comedy, and those are really hard to find in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What, what's summer rental rated? PG. Is it? Okay. So, if it came out now, it would definitely be PG-13. Yeah, yeah, definitely would be. I think it's got, I know it's got like the allusion to the one neighbor lady who keeps showing everyone her fake boobs. Um, but other than that, there's nothing. I mean, it's some smoking and some swearing, but mostly like 80s style stuff. So nothing too it, great. It, it pre, I think it predates PG-13, right? I believe so. Um, or it's right around that time as yeah, it's kind in, of blurry. Indiana Jones was the, was the kickoff for the PG-13 rating. What year was that? Do you know? Not off the top of my head. Uh, probably enough. like 87, right? The first Indiana Jones? I thought you said the second one. I think it's the second one. It's the PG-13. Is it? Yes, because the, the Temple of Doom stuff, the heart and stuff, that's what got it there. That's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, Temple, so... Writers of the Lost Ark is 81, so... Temp, yeah, Temple of Doom is probably like 86. I'm looking at 84, 84. Oh, so it's right around in there. Yeah. I don't think the, I think the PG becomes watered down more and more over time. And so I think there's still a level where like there's like a 12, a certificate in England or the UK. Um, and I think that would be more what like summer rental really is. It's like a 12 year old movie kind of thing, but we're not that Um, distinct. When I when I watched this, uh, I had a thought back to um, um, you don't really know him, Spencer, but uh, Eddie, Jessica, Kayla, Kaylee, they were all over here spending the night. They're all mine. Who are they? They're your nephews. family, nieces, nieces nephews. and nephews. Yes, and they wanted to watch a funny movie. And uh, at the time, I think Biodome was on Netflix. I said, "Let's watch this." I don't want to watch that. That looks stupid. So I promise you it's hilarious. I don't want to watch it. It's like, please just watch it for 30 minutes. And then if you want to turn it off, we can turn it off. And 30 minutes into it, they were like, this is the funniest movie we've ever seen. Um, I kind of relate this to to that of the 80s. I don't know if you've ever seen Biodome, but it's. I hated it's one Bio of Dome. those movies. <laughs> I, I loved that movie. Dude. Even even back when I was a kid, I was like, and I wanted to see it when I was a kid. I was a big fan of Encino Man, so I'm not totally a snob. But yeah, Biodome hated very much so. Actually, I, I, I don't like it the way Ryan the movie. Does. 
No, you probably do because Polly Shore is terrible. It's it's all the other stuff in the movie that's great. No, that's Especially what I'm saying. I don't Stephen like Baldwin. it. I don't like it the way you like it. I think it's fine. No, I I just don't. Honestly, at this point, I don't think I could watch a movie with Pauly Shore. No, but if I was gonna watch one, it would be in the army. Pauly Shore is dead because that movie is hilarious. Mm, I, I thought it was just okay, <laughs> and I I remember really liking in the army now. Except now, knowing what I know about Andy Dick, I'm like I don't think I could ever watch that. <laughs> um, he's he's another one of those talking about Bobcat that maybe could have been funnier than he was, but he had to stick he's to one. Little, well, I mean, I don't know that. I never met him. But uh, yes, mean, I've heard all that. Not Andy Dick, Polly oh, Shore. Polly Shore. No, I thought you meant Andy Dick. Like, no, Andy Dick is a horrible. Person. Oh yeah, I've heard terrible, terrible things about Andy Dick. <laughs> Him mm. and Tom Green are like neck and neck for like the biggest douchebags in comedy, right? No, there's far bigger <laughs> than them. So. Um, Ryan, you got the list. We can pick the next. I don't really uh, know that we have much to. It sucks. We didn't really have a lot to say about the movie other than like we all like it and it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, it's if you've seen the. Uh, oh, no, I see your text. Um, if you've seen. Five to ten eighties comedies, you've this seen <laughs> covers all the tropes. I mean, you could just watch this and skip everything that isn't like. Caddyshack <laughs> or airplane. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I, mean, I, I picked this. You one. agree, I, right? It covers all the. It's every 80s film. Like the whole time I was watching, I was like, this is literally every film from the 80s, like just crammed into each other. It, it's ridiculous. That's why no, there's no room for plot. <laughs> I agree. No, I completely agree. I mean, I, yeah, so, I, I couldn't add anything to that. Before we do, like, come to the next movie and move on, uh, I did want to mention that I did bring this up to Logan. What's hilarious is, uh, Spencer, you might not know this, but uh, the guy that played the old man Beckerstead in the wheelchair that wound up giving her the money oh, for yeah. the house and blah, blah, blah. Um. He played a character on a show called Wings, and Wings took place on an island called Nantucket. <laughs> and I find it hilarious that this movie took place on Nantucket, and that how many years like twenty years later, no, he shows up on a show. 90s. Early nineties, not ninety six. I wouldn't think. So fifteen years later, he shows up on a show where he's. I mean, he's kind of playing the... He's playing the exact same character. He yeah. was old in this. 90 to 97. So Wings started in 1990. And he, he probably shows up about season four or so. Because he's the old man with the will. And he keeps, like, dying, right? Or they're waiting on him to die or something like that. It's been a while since I watched Wings. So, that's a good show, though. Oh, let's see. We've seen, here's the problem, is I have it, but I don't have marked off what we've already watched, so. 
All right, so we watched uh, One Crazy Summer. Sign Almost Fire. Sign Almost Fire. We watched Willow. Legend of Billie Jean. Legend of Billie Jean. And that's it. The rest is up in the air. So we can go like completely off base. And I like, want to go for like cloak and dagger. Well, don't tell him. He, Spencer doesn't know the list. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared that's going to be hard to find. I want to okay. say cloak and dagger. Let's look but, and see if we can find it. Yeah, cool. let's do a quick search and see if we can find it. <clears throat> Silence on a podcast. Cloak I'm not and editing this out. dagger. Prime video. Let's see. Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. I can rent it. It's um the one with Henry Thomas. Yep. 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 Right here, rental on Amazon. I can do that. What a right. cover! I'm go not that. looking forward to this. Okay. You cool. love it? Yeah, it looks. No, I said I'm not looking forward to this. I know you love it. That's yeah, classic eighties, man. He loves like role playing games. <laughs> Come on. I guarantee you, you'll yeah, love it more him. than the cover. <laughs> Tenry Thomas, not directed by Steven Spielberg. That's what I've always wanted. And the director of many movies uh, about Franklin the Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. What's the dude's name? Is it Dabney Coleman? That's, yeah, uh, yes. Dabney yeah, Coleman. I mean, come on, man. It's got I Dabney like, Coleman. You like him. Okay, fine. Cloak and Dagger. I'm not vetoing it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm fine if you veto it too. The veto's coming soon, but not this time. Um, so yeah, there you go. We're gonna watch Clark and Dagger. You can uh, you can rent it on uh, Amazon Prime, right? How much is it? Like five bucks? Uh, three ninety nine. It says uh, it's a steal for three ninety nine. Um, no, so, no, yeah. I'm in. I mean, I will. Um, I'm gonna get to watching, as they say. My wife's gonna murder you guys because we're watching a lot more movies together right now, and so she's gonna watch it too, and she's gonna fall asleep <laughs> halfway through. She's like, "What the hell is this? Why are we watching all this '80s crap?" Well, she, so no, she's like, "Where are the good '80s movies that you like compared to what they're watching?" Hi, we oh. we brought you Billy Jean. So That's she didn't watch that. One. The That's heart. the one she didn't see. At you least show her it. I mean, so, come on, man. Give us I some retribution. I have decided, though, that she, all she's going to do is see Billie Jean and not see past that. And be like, of course you boys want to sit in the basement and talk about her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all we did was talk about that scene. Wrong. <laughs> Don't say but that. So, Also, the movie has a lot of merit on its own. I hate it. We could have spent the whole podcast talking about the Christian Slater and her at the pond jumping into the water with <laughs> and how almost Luke <laughs> and Leia it was. <laughs> What's that movie, The Legend of the Blue Lagoon or whatever? God it's yes. like that. <laughs> um <laughs> so I'm gonna warn you guys. Not warn. This is this is tease. I'm gonna throw out a pretentious veto within the next three movies. Okay. For sure. I gotta use them. If I don't use them you guys will I'll lose them. I'll be the end. Yeah, so I mean, like, I'm vacation ready. Vacation days at work. I'm like, exactly. Well, you gotta use them. <laughs> oh. All right. So, in a week or two, we will watch. Uh, what'd you pick? Cloak, Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> not, not would have been. It definitely would not have been my pick, but that's cool. And I so. never listen. 
Yeah. But I, was I thought, it, for I thought you told me it was my pick. That's why I it picked. is your pick. He did. Okay. Just don't. He's criticizing, but he has no reason. He's just being him. It's all good. Y'all brothers, <laughs> I think this Brian is what Cloak and Daggers on this list. <laughs> Probably this movie kind of scared the crap out of me when I was. Oh like, yeah, it definitely scared the crap out of me. But we can talk about that next time. I mean, so. like, it made me scared of my, like like my distant aunts and uncles. So, <laughs> so yeah, that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, I, thought, I guess. Wait, actually, I thought you said. Oh my we god, were critters! Oh my god! You didn't pick critters. You picked cloak and dagger. I understand I was, that, but you should have told me, "Hey, critters is." Next. I was trying to steer the ship, and you were like, "Well, I kind of want to watch cloak and dagger." Well, that's how this works. This is welcome to our podcast. If this is your first episode, this is what you're <laughs> in for. It will never change, but it will be fun. Hey, if so, you're gonna uh, steer the ship, grab. You know, hey, grab hey, the helm everyone and steer it where it up. needs to go. <laughs> oh, well, let me end the show. Go follow. Go for it. Well, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, <laughs> but I don't ever tweet anything. You just follow Spencer and Ryan, though. They tweet all the time. At Film Dispenser. That's me. At Polk79. Oh, Ryan, Ryan's, Ryan is the funniest person on Twitter. <laughs> but I don't tweet that much. Hey, you don't tweet enough, in my opinion. It's hysterical. <laughs> when I'm having a bad day at work, I will just bring up Twitter if I know you're watching something and watching you tweet as you watch something. Like, it's so funny. We need to come so, up with an all-powerful hashtag for your watching, Ryan. Yeah. Hashtag Ryan watches as simple as that. <laughs> I, I mean, if, hey, I'll do it if that's what y'all want to do. <laughs> that's how you get trending, man. You got to start a hashtag. Um, all right. Yeah, go do all that and then go check out all the other podcasts we do over at xwingfiles.com. So, is there a the in front of X Wing? Nope. X Wing okay. Files. Only on Twitter and Instagram is there a the in front of X Wing. So because files I didn't, sorry, I didn't open those accounts. <laughs> so I was afraid if I made it thexwingfiles.com, people would get confused. Gotcha. Well, cool. Well, this has been fun. Sorry for my delay, but I'm glad we're here. And hopefully, I'd say this, but it'll jinx. I'm not going to say when the next one will be out because I seem to jinx us every time I do. <laughs> I, I said a week or two. There you go. Thanks for listening. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir. Bye, everybody. Don't we have a sign-off? Oh, I don't know. I thought we came up with one. Tweet it. Tell us. <laughs> this is the new one. You're sitting all alone and feeling